Hello and welcome to The Librarian is In, the New York Public Library's podcast about books, culture, and what to read next. I'm Frank. And I'm Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Not even going to refer to it. It's been a horrific morning, but we all have horrific mornings. Um, but I'm not enough about me and my morning, unfortunately. Uh, we have a guest, another fabulous guest from the library, the world of and New York Public Library. Right, Crystal? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Um, I'm very excited. Are you? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, why don't you why don't you introduce our guest? You do it. So our guest is AJ Muhammad from the Schomburg Center. And I have known AJ for a few years now, three years, four, I don't know. Time has passed very strangely. <laughs> It's one of my favorite people at NYPL, other than you, of course, Frank. Oh, God. Good job. <laughs> I did not know you knew each other. Hi, AJ. Mm-hmm. Hi, hi, Frank. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for having me on this episode. Of course. Sorry it was such a nutty morning. Um, I did not know you knew, two knew each other. I have to say, I was like, this is just to be a backstory to nuttiness. I, I was like, oh, we're interviewing the head of the Schomburg Center. Because in my crazy brain, I was like, there was Khalil Muhammad who was in charge a couple of years ago. Of course, we have a, there's a new director, Joy Bivens, which I knew. But yet I was like, oh, we're wow, the director of the Schomburg Center we're interviewing. And then I was like, it's just the last, same last name. Dumb, dumb. AJ is the head of the re- reference librarians, right? Yeah, so he, I, is, so, he is a head. Yes, yes. So, I, so um, as of last fall, um, I, so I was a uh, librarian in the research at the Gene Blackwell Hudson Research and Reference Division, and now I'm um, the head um, reference librarian in, in the same division. And I um, I work with Rhonda Evans, who is the assistant chief librarian, and then Myra Liriano is the associate chief librarian of the division. Listeners might know that Rhonda was once a co-host <laughs> who abandoned me for her all her important work at Schomburg. What ifs? But um, she, is she your like boss, your supervisor, Rhonda, or she's a colleague? So the librarians report directly to Myra, and Rhonda manages the LTAs, um, and and the, she manages the LTAs and the pages. So so Rhonda is the second in command. So 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 that's so that's the structure of it. Wow. And your your official title is Librarian 3, is that true? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, yeah, as I'm the head um, reference librarian, which is a Librarian 3 position, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's like a, in the branches, it's like a, you're supervising or senior or something. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, all it's a nutty hierarchy. Because um, yeah. huh? a lot of the internal sort of, um, naming of our jobs are kind of weird, I think. I remember when I was in the branches, like you'd be like senior librarian, but that always sounded weird when I said that publicly, like am I a library that works with senior citizens or whatever? Yeah. So I would just always go by like young adult librarian, which is the, the part. So I feel like there's always like two different names, the official name and then what you right. actually do, right? Right, yes, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. But librarian. So can, I'm just curious. We always want to know when we have a guest from the library is just how you got to this point in your career, like not literally to this podcast, but like at your state 
your uh, position right now at the Schomburg, like from the very beginning. So you're born then. <laughs> Which <laughs> hospital happened? was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so for, for, um, in terms of you know how, how I became a librarian, um, when I started undergrad, which was in the which was in the early '90s, um, I got a job as a student part-time worker. Um, I was a student at NYU, and I worked at Bob's Library. And um, so, my very first library job was working as a part-time student. Um, I forget what the position was called, but I was a student worker. And actually, um, in the, I worked in the in, in the division, which was at that time it was called circulation. No, I'm sorry. It was course reserves, microforms, and current periodicals. And the, um, the the person who hired me, her name is Pat Warrington. She always tells a story how I like I, I had approached her after she had already hired everybody, but I begged her to. I kept bugging her to hire me, so she hired me. Um, and um, and and I worked as a student assistant. I really loved working at the library, and I um, it was a public services a public facing job. So I worked a lot with the public and um, and Pat Warrington, who uh, was my supervisor, she was also a mentor to me. Um, so while I was working there, um, I was able to get a full-time job in the same division um, and, and, and I stayed there after I graduated. And then I think at some point, because I, I want, you know, I did like working in libraries. I wondered how, like, would I be able to um, move up um, Mm -hmm. Working in libraries, so I began taking um, classes at Queens College in, in the in the MLS program as a non-matriculating student, and then I eventually matriculated into the program. And it took just like it with everything in life, it takes me a long time to do something. So I didn't graduate on the undergrad. I wasn't on the four-year plan. I was on a six-year plus plan <laughs> for a library school. It took me a long time. I was not on the two-year plan either. It took me uh, longer than I thought it would, but so I so I so right when I was getting close to graduating, um, I was meeting up with Ray Pond, who Ray Pond used to work at uh, at the Schwartzman Library um, many years ago, and then he eventually got a job at NYU as a, as a NYU Shanghai librarian. So I met Ray through another colleague of mine, Stacy Williams, and I think Ray was I think I'm not sure, I don't know if, I don't remember if he had left NYU at that point, but anyway. Mm -hmm. Ray is, as a gate opener, um, Ray comes to New York City every once in a while, and whenever he's in town, he tries to meet up with people. So very coincidentally, this was, I want to say, in the summer, like summer of 2015, I was meeting with Ray at Pret-a-Manger at um, 42nd Street, right across mm -hmm. the street from Schwartzman Library. And while we were at Pret-a-Manger, Myra Liriano walked in and um she saw ray and she said hey ray and she you know so she spoke to ray and then ray introduced me to myra and ray told myra that i was graduating from queen's college and myra said you know there's an opening at the schomburg center there was an opening in the manuscripts archives and rare books division and um she said you know um they're interviewing for that position now so i had applied for that position and then someone else wound up getting hired and then a few months after that it just so happens that um, in Myra's division, which is research and reference, there was another, someone had left unexpectedly. So um, Myra reached out to me and asked me if I was still interested in working at the Schomburg Center. So I applied for the position and um, and I, I I met with Myra and the other <clears throat> and the other librarians as a part of the interview. And, and, um, and luckily I was hired in the position of a librarian too. 
Um, so that's how I wound up at the Schomburg Center. Wow, this is lip bar. Back up, back to NYU, um, New York University for those mm -hmm. outside of New York. Um, and you were in the library there, like as an intern at, originally. So, and then, well, just to clarify, I was a, I was a, a part time um, a part time student worker, and then I was uh, hired as a full time library assistant. Oh, so like a work study thing. At first, right. Yeah, it was a work study position, and then, um, and then I became what what at NYPO they call them LTAs or IAs. Mm -hmm. I was a. I want to know like what what you felt when you what made you like working in libraries. I mean, did you have any like relationship to libraries before you were work study at NYU, or did something blossom in you when you were there? Well, interestingly enough, I remember I did when I was younger. I did want to, I did, I think I applied to work at, at the library at the branch in the neighborhood where I live, but that never panned out. Um, but of course, you know, libraries, you know, having, I, I did have a connection to libraries. Um, and, and, and incidentally, I do have a, I mean, I had a connection to the Schomburg Center, not through the staff, but my, uh, my older brother, who was a, uh, an avid researcher, he would bring me along with him to go to research trips to the Schomburg Center when I was when I was younger. So, so I was familiar with the, the Schomburg Center through him, but of course, just, you know, um, really loving libraries and what libraries stand for and, you know, access to information and all, and all that. Um, so that was, I, I would say that that's my, that's my connection to the world of libraries. It's interesting if you had gotten that job in New York public then like mm -hmm. that it might have might have turned you off libraries forever <laughs> or just had a different career path it's interesting how that can happen yeah, so it, well just to add that so the position that I had originally applied for it was a I think it was like a librarian slash archivist position mm -hmm. um to, to work in the manuscripts division and there was someone else who had more experience like you know, as a librarian archivist, so the, so that person wound up getting the position. I do love um, the the family connection about like you going with your yeah. brother. I never knew that, and yeah. I, I I think about that too. Like my own experience growing up, it, there was like family involved, and and that how that's how like my love for libraries kind mm. of started um, at a young age. I think about that with like mm. teen librarianship and things like that too. But I think that's really cool. I love that. Yeah. How did you two meet again, Crystal and AJ? In the we, did, we did um, the, an Emerging Leaders project for ALA in 2018, right? So that was like a four-month project where it was like a lot of like late-night calls and meetings with our um, EL group. Um, uh, and yeah, oh, like that, right? okay. that's how we met. So. The conferences, yeah. things yeah. like that. Yeah, no, it, it was exciting. I mean, it was a it was a wonderful opportunity to work with, to to meet Crystal and the other um, people who were on our group: Tracy Drake, Aurelia Mandani Sanchez, and um, Claire Nickerson. Claire Nickerson, it, just because um, we worked on a project about uh, library staff learning how to work with data um, and uh, library staff of all level, like you know, getting training to work with data and. It was a top group, top flight group, group of librarians from around the country, and just being able to collaborate—it was a wonderful experience mm -hmm. for me. And um, it, 
all, like all of the librarians, they were just like all, the whole group. I, all, it was an incredible mix of very talented and creative um, and, and resourceful librarians. So, it, and then getting, of course, the chance because the program started at um at, at midwinter, which was in Denver. So we got to go to Denver, um, and that was the first time I had been to Denver. And then it culminated in um, at ALA Annual in New Orleans. So just going on those trips, it was it, it, two trips in one year. That was like, I, I felt like a celebrity. <laughs> I felt like I was on tour, yeah. <laughs> it was pre, it's also pre-pandemic. Um, yes. And yeah. our project was sponsored by the Public Library Association. So there's mm. like a, like a, I think there's a free webinar that people can still view. Um, but yeah, and we've still like I think even recently we did like a reunion call with all the 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 group members and Aisha Connor Gayton, who was yeah. like somebody else that we had met as part of that cohort, who was like fantastic. So we still keep in touch. Yeah. So you know, I know a lot of people who listen are always interested in what people do in the library. Um, and AJ, you work as we said, Schomburg Center, which is a specialized center, li central library, really, um, for devoted to Black culture. It's, mm -hmm. it's the Schomburg Center for Black Culture, right? Yes. I mean, I work in the system, I should know. So I want to know what it's like working in a specialized so-called library. And what generally do you, what is, I, this is the classic question, what does your day look like? What do you like do as a reference librarian in a specialized library devoted to a, one giant subject? So the Schoenberg Center is uh, devoted to collecting materials that document the global black experience, um, which was founded by, um, which was, um, you know, the roots of the Schoenberg Center, um, go back to the 1920s and it goes back to the seed collection that Arturo Schomburg or Arthur Schomburg sold his, um, he, you know, he was an Afro uh, Puerto Rican um, bibliophile and, and lay scholar. He sold his collection of over 10,000 items to the New York Public Library, which were added to the, um, to the 135th Street Library. It was called at that time. So the seed collection dates back to then. And since then, the library has continued to build and, and, and add materials um, that as, you know, just document the Black experience um, around the world. So part of what I do is, um, so, so myself and my colleagues, we each, um, we, you know, our day is divided up by um, spending time at the reference desk and doing public service with people, with walk-in researchers. We also, um, answer reference questions uh, through through email um, and then we also do collection development so um, so whatever we, we're look we're looking for material for books that don't come in automatically through the approval plan to you know filling gaps in, in terms of uh, collection uh, filling gaps in the collection so uh, part of what we do is we're always going to look for books that are not already here at the Schomburg Center so that they you know be ordered for the collection. And then, of course, working on different projects. So, um, at any given time, so it could be working on blog posts. It could be working on live. Or is it live guides or live guides? I always get tricked. I always get tricked. Lip, lip guides, right? Lip guides, yeah. Yeah. Working on lip <laughs> guides um, and just you know working on other you know different sorts of projects. So, so each day we have like we do two. Depend, yeah, I, I would say around two to three hours on the desk and. Um, 
it's a it's a public service facing job, so it's, it's a lot of you know being on the desk and um, helping researchers come in to locate resources um, that are relevant to their research project. I was going to say, do you, you told us about your story? Do you think do, are you glad you're in a special library, or do you like do you interested or well are you, I'm not glad, but like have you found your passion that way like i love working in a in a branch library that's general interest that serves a very diverse crew of people with many different needs and i think that you as well serve that but um have a specialized topic of particular interest i mean has a special library is very intriguing to a lot of people like when you when you have this sort of mission to focus on one aspect of of, of life that is obviously huge, but that it's very specific. Well, so it ties into my research. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, it ties into my own interests um, because part of what I did as a, as a student was I, um, I was doing Africana studies. So it's, it's, it relates to um, my, you know, my own areas of interest and also the performing arts. I get to do that sort of work at the Schomburg Center in terms of collection development and um, co working with my colleagues at the Schomburg Center. Um, so, so working at a specialized library, it, it, it's exciting because it does it does um, match m my own interest, and then also just getting to just getting um, having access to the collection. And you never know who, like you know, you never know who's going to stop by um, on any given basis. I remember a few years ago, Alice Walker came to the Schomburg Center and she was, um, there's a guy named Stephen Fullwood who was the former curator of the manuscripts division. He was giving Miss Walker a tour of the building. So seeing someone like Alice Walker come in, um, uh, you know, and there are other, you know, artists and, you know, community members and, and other people who, who, as I say, you never know who's going to stop by on any given day. And that's always very exciting as well, just hearing about like somebody's in the building for another reason. One day, I remember Yahya Abdul-Mateen, who um, is in, um, he was in Watchmen and he's been in other things. He came to do research in JBH. And I remember that was exciting because this was before Watchmen really blew up. So just, you know, as I said, you never know who's going to stop by. Um, uh, musicians, you know, um, artists or, or artists and scholars, um, I remember uh, Carla Hall from um, the, you know, she's a, she's a, um, a an author right. and the cook. She's yeah, the cook. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She, it, it, so very early, um, cause she, you know, she was working with the national, uh, the, the African-American museum in DC. So she was doing research. I think she was, we think she was doing research for, you know, for the museum. Um, uh, so she stopped by and then, she was here again for another for a public program and she came down to the reading room and she was just you know using the reading room to read so so aj you know, mm -hmm. when that happens is there yes. like a notification system amongst staff that's like here's a text somebody's in and you run upstairs like peek behind a bookshelf <laughs> well, that's what, well it's funny that you mentioned that because i don't think i don't think there's an official um uh like chain but but somehow like the word will, mm -hmm. will probably get out you know to the staff <laughs> you know you hit on something that i really believe in about librarians and librarianship and that when we do programs i always exhort the librarians to actually bring their own passions to it and because i feel like that authentic passion for a subject or topic or idea translates to the public and you find 
you find your people who need to hear about that passion. And it's rather than doing a program because you have to by rote, um, one's personal interests, I think, are very important as a librarian. Um, so hearing what you said, I think I know a little bit about this, but not a lot, about your interest in theater and you're a dramaturge and um, performance, because I am too at the library level. I always want to put on performances. I want to work with actors. I want to work with directors. I want to work with playwrights, because I just think it's to give someone creative fulfillment uh, and exposure is so uh, important, as, I think, as, as a library to, to enhance people's creativity. Just tell us more about your theatrical endeavors. I'm very interested in that. Yeah. And that's sort of separate from the library. Of course, they coincide, but mm -hmm. will you tell us? So in addition to um, working at the Schomburg Center, I am also, um, I've worked with, with the indie theater company called Fire this time festival and it's a it's an Obie award theater company that was started in 2009 by a playwright named kelly gerard and the mission of, of the festival is to showcase the diversity within the black experience um and the flagship program is a 10-minute play festival every year and I, I i mean i haven't worked with the festival from from the beginnings but i want to I knew someone who was a producer or who was who, who was in the inaugural group of playwrights who were producing, who then went on to become a producer with the festival. So it, it's an artist named Derek McFadder. So I, so in supporting Derek, I was introduced to, to, to the Fire This Time Festival. And, and then over the years, I got to meet the, the, the founder and the, um, the executive director, Kelly Gerard, and she invited me to, to join the team. And then, um, so, work with them for the past few years and um the work that i do with the fire this time festival it's it's because it's indie theater we all wear different hats so um it could be you know working on marketing um sending out e-blasts um helping to pick plays that will be produced in the 10 minute play festival um you know uh doing fundraising which is you know asking you know people you know who i know to to, to donate to the festival and getting the opportunity to work with artists who are um who are at different points in their career it's, it's been great and incidentally um there's going to be an anthology of um 25 of the 25 of the, of the 10 minute plays that have been produced over the past decade is being published by bloomsbury um so that's going to be coming out um in march of um oh, in the u.s uh, march 2022 so um it's, it's just been great to to um you know, to, to, to collaborate with, with, with the other staff at the Fire This Time Festival. And the festival is, is based in the East Village. So um, the parent organization that co-presents the festival is called Frigid New York, which produces a, a festival called Frigid NYC, which is kind of like um, the, the French festival. It's a, a French type festival. Incidentally, I'm also a member of TLA, the Theater Library Association. And um, one of the um, years ago, uh, there was a member who was on the who was on the e-board named Lori Murphy. She she works at NYU and, and through Lori I got to um serve on a um on the on the committee for a symposium which was in 2016. And the theme of the symposium was um French festivals and we were able to get the woman I forget I'm forgetting her name who started the French festival in New York. Um, and we also had Erez Ziv who's the um who's the artistic director of Frigid which produces Frigid NYC. So it was a really great symposium just to hear um, both practitioners and scholars writing about um, 
different French festivals or different French type festivals around the world. And then, I'm, and, and then of course, I also work on other, um, I have, I do freelance dramaturgy. Um, so I get the opportunity to, to help playwrights um, develop their shows or, you know, and, or do research. Um, it's really um, driven by the need of, of, you know, the, the playwright or the, or the other artists. Um, and, and, and I also work with another organization called Classics, which is a program. Uh, it's a collective that was started by a director named Awoye Temple, who's a um, Black woman director, to, um, to put a spotlight on plays from the Black theater canon that don't get uh, produced, that are not regularly produced to highlight these plays um, and, and to celebrate these works through a series of different initiatives. The dramaturgy thing is interesting because oh, I was, here we go again. I was just going to ask that because like I'm not as familiar with like drama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't make that face. I'm not as familiar with like plays and um, I'm drama in that way. But I think I, my understanding of dramaturgy is that like you kind of do research about the time period to mm -hmm. help the actors. Or yes. Something? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's one. So dramaturgy is really is, is really project driven. So it just depends on what the what are um, the needs of the project. So to your point, um, one aspect is um, helping the team of a production um, help fill out the world of the play, and that includes doing research. So if it's a period piece that's set in the past, you're doing research about that era and you know what was going on to um, to help build out the world of the um, of the place so that the cast will have that information that's you know and that information goes into design it goes into like the music that's played costumes set design and, and other different details of the production the natural fit for a librarian i was about to say yes yeah yeah all right let me and, shut up then crystal mm -hmm. go <laughs> no, no, you you already beat me to it. I was gonna say like I just love how much that aligns with yeah. librarianship mm -hmm. and like the research aspect of it too. And I don't think a lot of people think about that when they think about like theater and drama, but I think that's really cool. Thinking on the same lines here. Yeah, and and also I mean with being a member of L of of um I'm also a member of an organization called LMDA, which is the Literary Managers and Dramaturgs of the Americas. Um, and also the Theater Library Association, you get to meet other um, other librarians who, if not, who are not necessarily um, practitioners, but uh, but may also do dramaturgy and also like the performing arts is their subject area. So um, when I was planning the symposium in 2016 about French festivals, I got to meet librarians at, there was a woman who worked at um, the Museum for the City of New York, and there were other librarians who were also based um, across the country. So just getting to connect with um, other uh, with other people in the field is is great. And TLA, they they've been um, they've had a lot of their events at Library of the Performing Arts um, over the years. So they would have like award ceremonies at, at LPA and um, in other programs at LPA. So they so TLA has been kind of embedded at within NYPL for a while. Mm -hmm. I also love that connection to the Library of Performing Arts. <laughs> Say that again, Crystal. Oh, I just said that I really like that connection to yeah. the Library of Performing Arts. I don't mm -hmm. think I always like think about like what happens there too. Um, yeah. I forget about all the libraries that we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and LPAs, yeah, I mean, it's 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 an um, incredible collection. Um, mm -hmm. 
Well, I sense a program coming. I don't. Do you guys? Do you work with the programming department at Schomburg? Do like? Do you have interactions and work together? Uh, so, um, so, uh, so the programs are produced by uh, the public programs division, which is led by Novella Ford and um, yeah. Kalila Bates, who um, who is a producer. So, we, so it's a different division, but um, we do often um, collaborate with with Novella. Um, at what you know, based on what based on what the program is, um, at one point, and, and, and you know, like we've there've been um, experiments with with different sorts of um, tie-ins or ways to tie in the program to the collections. But one of the programs that Novella um, created was something called an open archive, which is a way to tie the public programs with with, with the actual collections. So a few years ago. What would happen is, is that on the day of a program, the staff in the research divisions at the Schomburg Center, we will pull materials from the collection and do a presentation about the uh, materials to the public so that um, the public could, could um, see the material up close in person and demystify mm -hmm. what's, you know, the materials that, that's at the Schomburg Center and just to um, let the public know that, that everyone has access to these materials. All you need is a library card. And what was great about the open archives was was that uh, the public could get to see the items up close in person and actually interact with the materials. I mean, of course, like we had to monitor um, the materials, but people could actually physically hold things like if it was books or photographs, people got the chance to see these um, items up close in person and demystify the idea that you know people that things are that everything is locked up in vaults and, and right. is not accessible but you know we show the public that you, everybody has access to these materials you just have to come in and request it and um there's no charge for it or for it or anything so that was a way that we got to collaborate with public programs it's like 100 percent a different experience when you're looking at and seeing uh like a author's handwritten journal in person yeah. and uh, scan of it i mean there yeah. really is a different kind of sensation in your body and yeah. mind that happens when you see these things and the library has a lot of them yeah. um no but i was thinking like perfect perfect connection here i'm going to put this out here that you're you said the anthology that that you're putting out of, of the 10 minute plays from fire this time i see a little production going on in schomburg with actors performing some of these plays tied in with the release of this book so okay yeah. it out there. Programming <laughs> idea, novella. i think uh you need to work on this because that would be a perfect combination it would be a great thing for the community and you can get some young actors from the community and yeah. are you thinking about yourself rank i am because I, <laughs> I, I actually love organizing this kind of thing especially from the community in which we work and you know in a lot of ways yeah. um Greenwich Village, like Harlem, are like international communities in, in yes, a real way. Yeah. People come from all over to go to these particular communities. So I always think of the community is bigger than just the square footage of, of the neighborhood. Yeah, so. uh, to that point, I mean, there are researchers who contact the Schomburg from all over the world. Um, yeah. And um, so, uh, so, it's, so it's the community in, in the neighborhood, but then also the global community. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I, I've met tourists in the village who are just like, yeah, they want to go to Harlem. Mm -hmm. It's like on the map. You know, it's a neighborhood to see. It's it has its own history, a huge history, international history. Um, I love it. So, oh, so well, you must have a book to recommend us, right? 
Yes, I do. Uh, and I, what I, what I want to recommend the book. Uh, it's called Augusta Savage, uh, The Shape of a Sculpture. It's by uh, Marilyn Nelson. And it has an afterword by Tammy Lawson, who is the curator of um, the Schomburg Center's Art and Artifacts Division. And uh, Augusta Savage, The Shape of a Sculpture's Life is a... Um, it's a it's a book of poetry that tells Augusta uh, Savage was an um, African-American artist who lived in the early 20th century. And one of her most um, iconic piece, pieces, it was a, um, uh, a sculpture of a of a heart called Lift Every Voice. And um, it, it was in the World Fair in, in the 1930s. Um, and she's done other, you know, um, other incredible uh, pieces of uh, she's, she she did a lot of sculpting. Um, so the the book tells Augusta's story in poems, and there, there are also um, images of Augusta Savage's work. Um, and many of the pieces are held at the Schomburg Center's Art and Artifacts Division, so you can actually see what the see what Augusta Savage's artwork looks like, and also learn about her life through the poems. And then um, Tammy Lawson wrote who she did the afterward. She wrote a biography of um, um, Augusta Savage that contextualizes her life and, and, and her work and, and the legacy that uh, she left behind. That name sounded really familiar to me. And I think there is um, something in the Polanski exhibition, the treasures uh, one at SASB. It has like um, the Augusta Savage, like a harp or something like that. Yes. Right? So I think, I mean, um, I had forgotten that, um, but so there were different, um, Augusta designed different, their harps of different sizes. Um, so I think she, if it's in um, Treasures, it's probably like a smaller, um, mm -hmm, the small it's, it's one, one of the smaller pieces, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, so that's what- so, Harp or heart? Heart. A harp. Oh, like harp? Yes. Instrument. Oh. Yes. I just- I was, Oh, that's so cool. I just looked it up and it says like there's a maquette yes. of lift every voice and sing the harp by Augusta Savage. It's like a, a small like plaster sculpture that was designed for the 1939 World's Fair. So that's available, I think, for people to see at um, the, the Stephen A. Schwartzman building. The, the treasures exhibit? The treasures. Mm -hmm. It would make me realize there's those, because I did an interview up at Schomburg with um, anyway, a while ago, but um, you have those statues of the actor who played Othello. Oh yes, you're talking. Um, you, yes, um, and I'm blanking on the on the piece, but it, it, uh, I took pictures of them. They're, they were incredible. Yeah, uh, incredibly beautiful and detailed. And in that great reading room, that like oval shaped reading room at Schomburg. Yeah. So. Um, Yes, so the piece you're talking about is a sculpture of Ira Aldrich, the Shakespeare, Black Shakespearean actor, the 19th century um, Black Shakespearean actor, and that sculpture is in the, um, it's on permanent display in the Manuscripts, Archives, and Rare Books Division. Now, can the public get into that room freely, or do you have to make an appointment? Yes. Like, do you, you could just walk so, in. Well, so, so if you want to actually use that, um, due to the pandemic, um, that manuscripts wow. is taking researchers by appointment only, but if you just want to see the sculpture, you can you, you can go in and just say, I want to see the sculpture and um, just to look at it. Very as far as I know. Yeah. Very visceral and very intense. I loved it. Um, 
Isn't that, there's like a few other, isn't there like in the, mm, is it called the lobby? There's that, that map that's yeah. like inlaid into the floor. That's really beautiful. And I think there's yes, like the a Cosmogram. Yes. The Cosmogram mm -hmm. um, that was designed by um, Houston Conwell and uh, it's called Rivers. And it was um, a tribute to, um, in honor of Langston Hughes, um, that it was, it's a, it's a site specific um, art installation that was, um, that, that is on the floor of the Langston Hughes lobby. Um, and that building was, it was um, completed, the, or that part of the Schomburg Center was completed in the early 90s. And there was a contest where um, artists could submit an idea for um, for artwork. And Houston Conwell proposed, um, he submitted a proposal to do this site-specific cosmogram. Um, and he, he wound up winning, he wound up, no, he, he won the contest. And um, part, a part of Langston Hughes' Hughes's ashes are interred inside of the installation. Oh my God, what a pilgrimage to make. That's so cool. Yeah. I love the community, like, you know, open up a contest of art and stuff for the, mm -hmm. I, that, I try to do this here too. I'm just trying, <laughs> it's all about Jefferson Market and me. No, but I, I just think that's perfect points to hit because like you source from the, the world around you to mm -hmm. make things happen. I think it's beautiful. There's so much to see at the Schomburg. There's certainly it. Um, oh, should go you, for sure. Yeah. I mean, please. Um, now, do you have a passage to read to us that we can guess? Because you know we love this game. I do. I love this guessing game. Or did, did you not? I don't know if we prepared I do, that. Yeah, I, I do have a passage. Um, a book or a book you're reading or... Well, this is from a book that I read. Um, I, I read it, and it's a classic book by an African American author. It's one Clues, of those. Got it. Very got clues. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Very um, over the top about getting hints for this. So, okay. So is another perfect. Sounds pretty good to me. That narrows it down a little bit. Sort of. Yeah. Well, it's a woman author as well, so. AJ, you don't have to give us all the top, right? Let us guess. You have to give us the name. <laughs> don't don't give us a name. Yeah, like it's fine. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, what? The whole point is to get. <laughs> right. I, I like I'll, these clues. Can you read it for us? Yeah, so I'll read. So I'm I'm gonna start from this is the very first paragraph of the first chapter of the novel. You're, and, you're, no, you're giving okay. us too much detail. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, you're good. the guest. You do what you want. <laughs> so um it's so okay, so it's ships at a distance have every man's wish on board. For some they come in with the tide. For others, they sail forever on the horizon, never out of sight, never landing until the watcher turns his eyes away in resignation, his dreams mocked to death by time. That is the life of men. Okay, give us more, <laughs> AJ. Now, woman, forget all those things they don't want to remember and remember everything they don't want to forget. The dream is the truth. They act and do things accordingly. These are very short paragraphs. Yes, yeah. Not had a tease. <laughs> well, I will right. say this. So the book was adapted into it was adapted into a movie. All right. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, love, I love this because I think I is it a recent movie? Um, it, I would say within the past twenty years. Oh. So it's a novel. It's fictional. Yes. yes. By yeah. a black female author. Yeah. And right. was made into a movie in the last twenty years, and has yeah. lots of short paragraphs. These so are it, all open, it also opens very um, globally. Like it doesn't bring you mm -hmm. right into a specific character. It's sort of talking about men and women. Yeah, it's a classic. Uh, which, you know, 
It's not Zora Neale Hurston. It is. <gasps> yeah. Well, Frank, how? I trust myself. Yeah. What is this? So this is Their Eyes Were Watching God. Really? Oh. Yeah. I remember that book so vividly, but I remember it so vividly as like a deep character study. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. I didn't know she opened so um, almost, what's the word? Like, uh, well, elegantly, but... Um, Globally, I yes. guess is the word I'm trying to say. Oh, Zora Neale Hurston. Okay, yes. oh. yep. Queen Zora Neale Hurston. There, I was watching guy, yeah, and it was made into a TV movie that was produced by Oprah, and Halle uh, Berry was in it with um, Michael Ealy. Mm -hmm. Gotta say, oh yes, yes, yes. I've read. I love that book. I should reread that. But um, I have to say, I saw and was on my mind the movie Passing. Mm -hmm. um, it's Tessa Thompson and yeah. Irene Nega. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Ruth, Ruth. Ruth, I'm uh, sorry, Ruth, right. Uh, Irene, I don't know what I'm oh, yeah. the director, Rebecca Hall. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. Oh, okay. It was such a beautiful movie. And it was such beautiful, beautifully made movie. It's in this rich black and white. The actors are insanely good. And Rhonda had read Passing and talked about it on the podcast, and I, it was immediately on my list. And I have not read it, but I'm going to. And I know it's not—it's like a novella, really. Yes, it's not yeah. that long. Yeah. Um, so some for some reason, I was hoping you were going to read a quote, a passage from that book, just because I just saw the movie and loved it. <laughs> That's why I was like, it's not Zora Neale Hurston, right? It's, it's Nella Larson. You wrote no. Passing. <laughs> no, and I mean, interestingly enough, I mean, they, so, you know, Zora Neale Hurston had a, she had a connection to the 135th Street Library slash the Schomburg Center. Um, she, um, she autographed a book. Um, she knew Arthur Schomburg and she had a, she, she had a relationship with him. They were uh, peers, like, you know, peers. So um, she autographed a book that's in, that's in a, um, her, there's an autographed copy of Their Eyes Are Watching God in the manuscripts division. So in, 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 in the biography um, uh, that was written by Valerie Boyd, who passed away recently, Valerie also includes um, information from correspondence between Arthur Schomburg and Zora Neale Hurston. Wow. That's a nice little, mm -hmm. little fun thing to drop yeah. in there, Schomburg. That's so cool. And, and Nella Larson, um, who wrote Pat, the, the, the novella Passing, you know, she was a librarian at the 135th Street Library. Um, Wait, I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. Um, see, you're 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 an artist in some way. You have a connection with a library. That's yeah. all. I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's so exciting about working there. Yeah. Because you can not, not, I mean, artists are so important and they're so amazing. I mean, yeah. look at the works we're talking about. There's roots at the library and they're still like in the culture wonderfully, like they, as they should be. So I do recommend that movie, by the way. I'm sure you've probably seen it, AJ. I have not seen it. I, I wanted to. You're going to love it. No, I do. I, I, I do want to see it, but I wanted to. Um... I want to read the the book first and then see the movie. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer in that too, but yeah. I didn't do it with this one. I was too tempted. Mm -hmm. Too tempted. But I normally, you're right. I normally read the book first. I don't want to see a movie version of it. I'm reading Anna Karenina now, as I've mentioned before, and I'm going to wait until the <laughs> end before I see the Kira Knightley movie. So. Well, thank you, AJ. That was great. Um, do you? 
we're not doing this tarot card business because both of us forgot this morning was a crazy morning as you guys know and i apologize again uh for being late and harried but we're still under construction over here well i was just saying you know because um because i don't have you know so i share i share office space um with other staff member and research and reference. So I remember emailing Christine and saying, Christine, I, I need to find a place, a quiet space. I don't know where, you know, like, I don't know where in the Schomburg, I, you know, I can do this. And then luckily Myra, um, she reached out to um, to Casey, the senior management and asked um, if I could use one of the offices um, on the administrative floor, um, on the administrative side. So Casey was generous, generous, um, generously let me use his office to do the podcast, but I was, scrambling trying to find you know trying to find a space <clears throat> yeah, sometimes it's, it's difficult in a work environment but like i would have been after myra because i met her years ago in a, in a leadership thing and i would have been after saying how dare you not provide him space to do this podcast it's integral to the library culture yes. so i'm glad she came through for you good boss yes yeah and, and frank of course is uh broadcasting from a closet right now right i'm literally in a closet under stairs if you can hear that tapping that's someone walking up walking up the stairs. It's like I literally am on a, a dusty book cart mm. in our under construction library, almost done and a little chilly. And so I'm wearing a sweater. So I've, I'm suffering for my art. It's true. <laughs> we must all suffer for our art. That's a part of like, you know, <laughs> there's no other way. Yeah. That's actually a great, see, you've inspired me just talking to the librarian. It's like, I just thought great idea for a program suffering for your art. Like, what does that mean? And also examples of it. And do you really have to suffer your, for your art? art? Or does art include a little bit of suffering by, by all, very definition? All of the above. And I was going to ask Frank, what, I mean, since you talked about the theater, what have, you know, can you talk a little bit about your, the, the work that you've done? You know, worked in you know in the performing arts or you know in any projects in addition to your the the, uh, the you know the million things you do at NYPL. I'm curious too because my uh, impression of of Franklin Theater is a lot of singing on this podcast. A lot of really good singing. Wait, 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 AJ. Were you asking me about what I do? Of course. Oh my God, what a wonderful person you are. <laughs> back to me <laughs> of course, yes. well i mean i i take that to be like inspired by each other but um uh well i mean for example like are you literally asking what i've done in the library oh how sweet of you all right we, we should go soon but i mean, i've talked about this before for example like just to give a global idea of what i like to do in terms of that you do too like with community mm-hmm. i worked with a local university, the new school, with act, young actors, director there, and put a play on Uncle Vanya, actually, to keep mm. the Russian, just coincidentally, at mm. the library. We had um, costumers, we had the whole range from the city, source from the city, and tried to give a little bit of a budget for this, too. That's always important. Money is always important. But um, we also had a dramaturge who obviously helped the actors with this particular culture of Uncle Vanya, and then put it on in our, in our main reading room. And it was a wild success. And it was just a lot of work, as you know, as a producer, it's it's to produce something mm-hmm. literally is so much work because you're bringing in so many different kinds of people scheduling. Yeah. But the core of it is like using classic literature for one and giving people 
a chance to fulfill their creative needs, like artists, actors, directors, yeah. musicians. We had um, costumers, dramaturgs. I mean, it was so much, so fulfilling to see it come together. And then you see these actors. I remember one of the um, young actors was, was her very, very first acting job in a way at after school. Others were much, much more seasoned. We had a range. Mm-hmm. And she was like on her Instagram, like, you know, hey, come see me in my first gig. And I was just like, that's what it's about. Yeah. Bringing mean, people's not... dreams alive. I just think yeah. that's what it's about. I mean, and then, then the audience gets to see these these things happen. That's why I would love to see this, like, you know, some of the theatrical things you work with, like on a the beautiful theater at Schomburg. We do so, yeah, from your lips to God ears. You I know. Know. <laughs> I mean, I, it would be great to have a program. Um, you know, um, in terms of the anthology here at the Schomburg Center, but there, but it, the the thing, I mean, it's such a small world that some of the artists that uh, who I uh, who I work with, who I've supported, um, have done have been in public programs at the Schomburg Center, um, like uh, the playwright Dominique Moriso, who um, who's a very accomplished uh, playwright. Um, Dominique, her work very early in her career, her work was produced by the Fire This Time Festival, and um, and she she was here at a, a for a public program a few years ago. Um, she had a play of hers that was produced off Broadway called Paradise Blue, and she was here um, to you know to to talk about the play and the person that hosted that program that mm-hmm. who moderated that particular talk, Kevin R. Free. He was one of the producers uh, at the Fire This Time Festival, so it was so it was a very full it was a, it was a very full you know what's it called full circle moment to see you know artists that you work with you know, on the stage and um, and you know some of the artists have who I've gotten a chance to work with have come to the Schomburg to do research um, so it's just yeah so <clears throat> a very small world and the Schomburg Center is a has been a resource and continues to be a resource for the art for the for the arts community across you know across the spectrum. Um and speaking of passing, I think one of the designers or someone who worked on that uh film had contacted the Schomburg Center about doing um research from that era. Um and I, I didn't interact with the with the person that I remember hearing about it from my colleagues. So I like it. I, full circle is a phrase I like to use because it means something was come to fruition, something yeah. happened. Um, and it also reflects back on the community. So thank you so much, AJ. That was really nice you, to hear. Thanks for asking about me. <laughs> <laughs> he knows me, he, he nailed me. Well, I, 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 Okay. Again, I was just going to say, like, this is why I really wanted AJ on, because I feel like y'all could really connect about, like, theater and mm-hmm. drama in a way mm-hmm. that I just don't understand. But I've learned a lot from both of you. Okay. <laughs> sound well, of I'm, music. I'm, I'm, and that's the thing, too. I'm sorry, say that again, Frank. No, I'm saying she's, Sound of Music is the only musical she knows. She's got to bust out of that little box. I mean, and that's the good thing about theater is that, it, it, you know, um, it is, like they're different, um, they're different ways to enter. And, you know, uh, I always, you know, think that there's something that, you know, um, that like every book has its reader, every, you know, sort of, you know, it, it, you know, things in the theater have their different audiences, so. Exactly. You can just, like a library does, attempt to introduce uh, people to, that's where the passions come in. You introduce yeah. people to your passions. You're passionate about it. Not everyone's going to get it, but some people would, and it could change their life. I mean, they 
could be introduced to playwriting and write, oh, I, got, I can I can manifest my experience mm -hmm. in the world in an artistic way. I didn't know I really could do that, you know? So you give, I, you have to go with your passions. I think librarianship is driven by that. Mm -hmm. um, if you care about literacy, you care about art, you care about personal create uh, expression, I think it adds value to your life. And I think that's what we're in the business of, adding value to people's lives in a wonderful, wonderful way that doesn't cost anything, that is for everybody. Don't get me started on a library soapbox. <laughs> I love that, Frank. Like stealthily inspiring me. Here. Very. Coming alive after my terrible morning of Michigas. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. I think we should we should move on with our day. Um, I think AJ has a desk to serve in a, in a couple of minutes. So we want to give him a chance to um, calm down from this thrilling hour of discussion. Because we'll, you'll have to pull yourself together, AJ, so you can do your job. It'll be tough, but I'll, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure to meet yeah. you and talk to you. Thank you so much for being with of the library and AJ. Thank, thank you, you. And thank you, Crystal and, and Frank for um, inviting me to be a guest and, and, and the other um, staff, uh, Christine as well, uh, and the other staff member whose name I can't remember who, you know, who you are. The producer, they're just the producer. The producer. <laughs> they're behind the scenes. They're not yeah. on air talent like us. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh, there she is. <laughs> thank you everybody for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Librarian is In, a podcast by the New York Public Library. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, or send us an email at podcasts at nypl.org. For more information about the New York Public Library, please visit nypl.org. We are produced by Christine Farrell. Your hosts are Frank Hilarious and Crystal Chen.